Faith, love, truth, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life, arming you with the truth and the mindset to lead courageously in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is up, GLE Network? Welcome to another episode of GLE on today's show. Man, I have a real laser show for you. This guy was throwing some fireballs out of the outfield in my five years at Wayne State. He he left a little bit before I wrapped up my career, but uh, this guy was my roommate, my freshman year, French-Canadian. I, I remember like taping up socks with this guy and just hitting taped-up socks in the dorm late nights my freshman year. I was fortunate. They threw me into a dorm room with a bunch of upperclassmen. This guy was one of them. Uh, ended up seeing this guy go play some pro ball, and now he is on to all things entrepreneurship. He even saved my life one time driving my vehicle, Tokyo Drift style, in Detroit back in the college days. So I owe him my life. I owe him a lot of knowledge from my college days and baseball tips and and tricks and um, just good friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in forever, so I'm pumped to catch up with my now entrepreneur friend, Ryan Laponce, welcome to GLE. Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, man. It's going to be fun. So, Ryan, since we spoke last, it's been a little while. You got to uh, see you get married. You've had some kids. You know, you're starting your entrepreneur journey. So, maybe let's start just with your story, man. How, how did you go from organic chemistry in the dorm, hitting socks late at night, to professional athlete, and now you're like, hey, let's just do entrepreneurship and and grow businesses and all sorts of cool stuff, man. It's impressive. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a wild ride. Um, really coming from Canada, like you had mentioned, um, going to Wayne State with you, um, and then being fortunate enough to play professional baseball. Obviously, a dream come true. Um, but then when that all kind of came to an end. How do you pivot? How do you move on? You know, just getting married, wanting to start the family, got to find a career. Um, ironically, I was going to become a dentist. Um, and that, that, path, that path really just didn't work out for me to take too long. Yeah. You um, and Bass I, both, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pre <laughs> playing baseball together. Um, and then both become professional baseball players too, ironically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was fortunate enough, uh, Johnson & Johnson had a quality analyst role open. So I found kind of a niche that I really fell in love with in the software side. And I joke when I first started there, I could barely turn on a computer, Phil. Like I, I was a baseball player first and foremost. And then I did a lot, like you said, with chemistry, right? So I was a science guy. Um, but yeah, software was this cool new field coming in. And as a quality analyst, the whole thing is trying to break the software system and be kind of that last line of defense. So for me, I found some synergies between baseball and software testing, being an, the outfielder that I was, right? Being that last line of defense from that home run wall, right? So that kind of made the transition a little easier. And then it was really just drinking from a fire hose for the last decade and just learning everything I could about being the best quality software person I could be. 
Um, and then as COVID hit and I was kind of in another role, that's when the light bulb really went off that I think it's time to take the leap and really take what I've learned and build a business and go out and pass this information along to my clientele, right? Not just the one company I was at and just really fortunate, you know, when we started, it grew really fast and it's still growing and we're actually starting to move into products as well. So we started off as just a consulting firm on the quality software side. Mm -hmm. And now we've seen through our clients and, and, you know, what we've been doing, the gaps in tooling and processes and now really starting to cultivate that and not just be a consulting firm, but actually be a product firm as well, which is really exciting. That's awesome, man. Super cool. So, you know, during COVID was a time where I think a lot of people were just kind of like, you, you know, you get your routine messed up and it, it makes you kind of like rethink, like, what are we doing here? And, I, you know, I feel like a lot of people did that during COVID. You're seeing it with like workers now pretty much demanding work from home. You know, it's it, companies are having troubles finding good people because, you know, there's so many opportunities for full-time remote positions even right like the, the whole culture of work life just changed and then you know on top of kind of having covid shake up the world you know i started the podcast and and my businesses around that same time too so you know i, I kind of went through that similar thing and i you know i know i wasn't exactly like like yeah you get a little extra free time working from home maybe during covid but it, you know it, it's not like i wasn't busy or didn't have other stuff going on and i know you being a family man new dad um, fairly new dad, but you know, four kids yeah. now, obviously it's not like you just had all this spare time going on. Like, Hey, I'll just go start a business. Right. So like, what, what was that like? You know, did you just jump out of a job into full-time entrepreneur? Did you, you know, what was your plan? Like How, what did you, did you think about that at all during yeah, that no, transition? I, um, I think honestly not having to do the commute, which sounds kind of crazy, but that was almost two hours of my day. Right. Yeah. So to get that time back, I, I think it gave me a little bit of headspace to really think through, okay, what does the next 15, 20 years look like? And I know before the podcast, we were talking about, you know, our rental properties and those sorts of things where I also thought, you know, as, as a full-time employee and commuting every day, I wouldn't have thought that I had the chance to buy rental properties and manage them ourselves. And Nadia starting her business there. And that gave me the headspace, not having that commute and the more time go, you know what? I can do this and I can take this leap of faith and, you know, shake things up and really try to do this. And so it's like, you know, COVID was this crazy time, but then it was also a blessing, right? Because it gave me the headspace to be able to take that and understand it, think about where I'm going to go and then really attack. So I, yeah. I think I'm actually helped me a lot because those, those two hours are really dead hours. A lot of times you're stuck in traffic, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, your mind's go, not really going the way you want it to because you're thinking about, okay, I got to get home fast because I got to do this, this, this. So I'm always rushing. Um, whereas, you know, I could I could be with a family a little bit more and then start the job whenever I wanted to and then you know, end when I want to and really get that time to just reflect. Um, that, that was powerful for me. Yeah, 100%, man. I totally can relate. And, you know, I think uh... – I forgot, you know, Nadia started a business at the same time too, right? Like that's like, that's crazy. Two mom and dad, both going the entrepreneur route full time, you know, four yeah. kids going on like that yep. is, that is no small feat, my friend. 
Yeah. And her pivoting from nursing to real estate full-time. I mean, it's such a, it's such a vastly different career path. Um, and so proud of her for taking that risk, you know, and, and seeing what she was truly passionate about and going for that. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, I, I get asked a lot, you know, Phil, you, you do all this stuff. You got, you know, rental properties, you got other businesses, you do the podcast, you, you know, you're volunteering, you, you work a corporate job, like where are you finding time to do all this stuff? And I think one of the things, and I'm curious your strategies for this, because I know you have to do this too. We were talking about like living by our calendar and, you know, I was, I was impressed because I messed up the calendar invite somehow. And like, you still showed up on time. It was, I was, I was like blown away. If that happened to me, I, I, I wouldn't have made it. Right. So, um, you know, I live in by the calendar these days, but I, I told some people, they were asking me, asking me actually just this week, you know, how do you find time to do all this stuff? And my response was just, you know, COVID helped, but COVID's kind of done and, and, you know, that commute and some of those things are back. So I had to get real serious with myself and just get intentional with my time and really, you know, understand where I was spending time and where, you know, Hey, maybe instead of staying up eight, nine, 10, 11 midnight at night, you know, potentially not being as productive with time doing things like watching TV shows or watching YouTube videos or what most people probably do with many of their free hours. I decided, and it, it kind of came by happenstance because, you know, I put my daughter to bed at like eight, eight thirty every night and, I, and I'd go lay in bed with her in like this dark room and I would like almost fall asleep every time. Like it would be like all I could do to not fall asleep. So it's like, well, Hey, why don't I just go to sleep at eight and then I'll sleep for like six hours and I can get up at like two 30 in the morning and do a morning routine. And I can get like four hours of work in before anybody even starts their day. Right. And so, you know, when I tell people that they're like, Phil, you're insane. Like you get up at two 30 in the morning and it's like, well, yeah, but I get six hours of sleep. So it's not, I guess it's not that crazy. I just traded, you know, three hours of unproductive time for three hours of like probably my most productive time and quiet time to think. Like, I don't think people appreciate and schedule just quiet time to go think and really consider their goals and what they're doing. So I'm just curious, what, what are your strategies for intentionality with your time? Like, how do you allocate time and make sure you focus on the priorities you want to grow? Yeah. So I'm, I'm big on not doing social media as well, Phil. Um, so I, I actually noticed probably a few years ago, I was watching way too much YouTube, like, and just getting rid of that app actually was a big game changer for me. Productivity went way up. Um, and then also I, I kind of compartmentalize my time blocks. So I know from, you know, from four to seven thirty, eight o'clock, that's family time. Mm -hmm. I don't come I don't compromise that. That's something that's special to me too. Um, and then, you know, I've got the morning block where the baby's always waking up very early. So we kind of take turns as parents waking up five thirty, six o'clock with the baby being with sure. the baby. Right. Um, it's, you know, getting the kids ready. So like that time is getting the kids ready for school, get them off to school. I love driving the kids to school more. It's something you get that time with my two older sons. You know, I love that 20 minutes to be able to talk to them and always have that every day. And that kind of centers you for the rest of the day. And then for me, being a new entrepreneur, usually the first two hours of my day is it's spent towards marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. And then I, I break an hour during lunch to do ideas. So I give myself a chance in the middle of the day to think about ideas, think about, you know, what products do we want to build? What process do we want to improve? 
Um, I'll even think about, you know, growth strategies and who we need to hire or what client we need to target. Um, and then it's usually the latter part of my day is meetings. So get, get in front of folks and making sure things are going well. Um, and, you know, some days obviously are not so much to those hours, you know, things come up. That's just the way of life. But I try and keep them in that pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had actually with the Diamondbacks, I had an outfield instructor that he always talked about. It's, it's the small steps each day. And it's not necessarily always thinking about those big giant steps to get there. It's that incremental change. That's how you climb that mountain. Um, and that's, that's really true. And it's staying to the, the pattern and, and what you believe and set in and then get. To, so, yeah, those are awesome tips. I love the, uh, kind of blocking time. You mentioned, you, you know, three to four hours a day dedicated to family time. I bet most people who say they're busy and don't have time for stuff because they're spending time with their family don't actually purposefully intentionally dedicate three to four hours for their family every day. You know, and I think they're, you know, one of my coaches says this, don't, don't fooleth thyselfeth, right? Like, I think a lot of people fool themselves into thinking like, oh, hey, I'm so busy. Well, you know, let me see your calendar, right? Like, what are, what are you actually spending your time on, right? Are you actually doing anything productive? You know, so many people work long hours. What are you actually doing during those hours? Is it moving you towards your goals, right? Like you, you mentioned planning thinking time. Like how many people out there listening in the GLE network actually schedule thinking time into their calendar every day? Like that is like slowing down to speed up is a really, really awesome strategy, Ryan. So I'm really glad you shared that. If you're not following Ryan, y'all go check out Ryan LaPonce, L-A-P-E-N-S-E-E, LaPonce. The French Canadians. Did I say that right? Le Ponce? Oui, oui. The thinker. Oui, oui. Comment vous appelez-vous? Uh, not, not so much French. It's fine. Je m'appelle Philippe. Very ah, good. That's like, that's like all I know. That's the extent of my French. I already ran out. And check out his website, panoptic-qs. P-A-N-O-P-T-I-C-Q-S.com. Um, Ryan, you mentioned compounding and like daily steps. What do you think? Cause I've been studying faith a lot and uh, you know, I'm a man of faith and uh, you know, I think trusting that process of those daily little steps, because this was something that in baseball, like I was almost superstitiously not wanting to be superstitious that I deliberately wouldn't like wear the same wristbands and stuff. Cause I didn't want to be like, Oh crap, I forgot my wristbands one day. And now I'm going to be like, all screwed up, right? Or I didn't swipe my foot across the foul line like some people do running out to first base or whatever. You know, so like I, I tried to avoid all that, but I th- I think I also like erred on the total opposite end of the spectrum of like not being consistent at all. And then I missed out on exactly what you just described, the compound interest of consistent investment daily over time in the little stuff like reading a few pages a day thinking dedicated thinking time a day writing your goals all that stuff how how did you get to a point where you saw that importance of consistency and like get it right in your head that hey i might not see the results in the next 2 days but if i do these things over time i know i'm going to get there in 1 2 3 however many years so talk a little bit more about that consistency yeah so i think it goes back to our baseball days Phil too so it's you have an ultimate goal right so ours was always you know we wanted to get to the college world series Right. But 
now you got to take very several steps back and go, how do you really get there? Right. And if you, if you're constantly thinking too much on the macro, I personally, and I tell my employees this, it's, it's overwhelming, right? Because th- there's just so much that has to go into the macro to get to that big goal. Mm-hmm. You have to back and get to those little steps. Um, and I think about, you know, our days in college, you know, hitting in a racquetball court on Thursday nights with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, when potentially, you know, maybe our other teammates or other college athletes out there were going out and having fun, right? But putting in and dedicating the effort is what gets you those results, right? And it's not always pretty. It's not always fun. Like you don't want to do it every day. We're human, Mm -hmm. but being able to tell yourself like, I'm going to do this because that macro is achievable. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's where it really helps me out. And I give, I give big credit to Zingerman's training. So um, a company in Ann Arbor called Zingerman's, they have a Zing train for leadership and they made me do this like vision mapping questing. They make you do a five year, three year and, and kind of see where you go. I did that four years ago. And my vision was to become a CEO of a tech company. Huh. And, and what that, what that made me do though now is sit back and go, okay, this is a pretty aspirational goal. You know, at the time I was a QA manager, right. so far away from being a CEO of a tech company. So then it makes you sit down and you see this on this piece of paper, what you wrote. And you go, how do I get there? And then I just started to map out like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to learn more about marketing and sales. I, I need to get comfortable with those things. You know, me, Phil, naturally being an introvert, those first sales calls, those are pretty terrifying for an introvert, right? <laughs> I, I practice in the mirror. You know, I'm talking to the CTO of this company and I'm practicing the mirror nights before right. getting it, thinking through, you know, what he's going to say, what they're going to ask me, how am I going to react to those things? How am I selling panoptic? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you've got to put in the work, right? And it's not glamorous brushing your teeth and then talking into the mirror about what you're going to say to the CTO in a couple of days, but it pays off in the macro later. So I hope that man. Yeah, that's really good advice. You know, I, my wife and I, you probably do this with, with Nadia because, you know, with four kids and businesses, y'all have to kind of coordinate your goals and priorities, I imagine. And if you listening out there aren't communicating with your spouse and aligning on what you're trying to accomplish, you know, there's real power in, in having that alignment and having that three, five, 10 year vision for where you want to end up. And, uh, you know, putting it down on paper, you know, allows you to reverse engineer it. You know, you think about your reticular activating system, you think about, you know, programming your mind to be able to actually see opportunities that are right in front of you that you you can't see because you've never slowed down to actually write down your goals and get a vision for where you want to go. So that like that exercise is irreplaceable, you know, must, must do for anybody listening who hasn't taken that step. I think too, like, the introvert deal, right? Like who wants to be a salesperson, right? Is that like most people get like horrified. You hear the word sales, they just get horrified. But you you know, you said you wanted to be the CEO of a tech company. What are you doing as a salesperson, Ryan? I mean, that's that people don't realize, but that's the main job of a CEO, right? It's, it's growth, getting the brand out there. Um, Even just believing in the, what the product and what you're doing naturally you have to understand how that sells right and why it's going to be valuable to that person why it solves their problems and makes their lives better 
Um, so yeah, that, and like you said, I was just absolutely horrified, right? Because I, I had been this QA manager that you're not really customer facing. You're kind of in the background, just always testing the product and helping the folks you're managing. Um, and uh, I think about it now, it's crazy. Like to just jump right in, never have had any sales experience and start a company from scratch. Um, but it's, it's, you know, the practice and the belief in what we were, what we were going to do and accomplish. That's mm -hmm. what really propelled me, I think, and get me out of the shell of the introvert that I was. Yeah. I love it. You know, if you're listening out there, just realize everyone does sales. Your little baby is one of the best salespeople out there. Why? Cause when they want their darn milk, they're going to scream at you until you give it to them. And guess what? You end up giving it to them. Why? They sold you, right? You, it's, we, we sell people on ourselves, on our personal brand, on our company brand, on work we do, on ideas, on you know plans, goals. We are all in sales. And the only difference between the professional salespeople, actually true professional salespeople, and everybody else is the professionals actually know they're in sales and most other people don't even realize it. And they just accidentally fall through their life, not realizing even what they're, what they're doing. Right. And, uh, so I, I love, you mentioned that I'm introverted too, believe it or not. Most people think that's absolutely insane, but you know, why would you start a podcast where all you do is talk all the time? If you're an introvert like that, that doesn't make sense. Right. But actually most of the, most of the higher level, like uh, professional speaker type people out there are pretty darn introverted. It's pretty shocking, you know. They and and all that really means to me is like when you recharge your energy, you need to kind of like have your alone time, right? It's not necessarily that you can't be a salesperson or you can't communicate or you know be in a social environment and be normal. It's just that you know you uh, you like. When, you, when you're in those environments, they kind of drain your energy. So you need to go kind of find alone time to sort of recharge your energy. Is that kind yeah. of how you experience introversion? A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel I, I need that alone time, that headspace, you know, to feel like I can get the, get the juices back up and, you know, that's just the, na the nature of it and why, you know, I need to practice more. I'll just be honest, you know, if I need to, to get out and be the extrovert, there's a little more practice to feel comfortable doing that. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, if they're not more naturally extroverted, they might not have to do those extra few steps. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. So Ryan, you've always, I, I got to compliment you one you've always, and I used to think you were a little insane back in the day. So I'll pre, I'll precursor this. You still might be a little crazy, but it's a good crazy, <laughs> but you're, you've always been one of the most confident individuals I've ever known, you know, always like really, confident in your abilities and what you're trying to accomplish and the work you're doing and who you are. And so it's always really impressed me. And, you know, I, I think back in my college days, I remember like kind of being a head case a little bit and, and struggling with the transition from high school to being redshirted to trying to get a spot in the starting lineup and all that stuff. So I, you know, I kind of dealt with some mindset issues back then that I'm, you know, I'm overcoming in, in my later years, but um, you know, I just, Talk a little bit about mindset and confidence and like, where does your confidence come from as you're talking about your company and your vision and you, you know, your belief in your company? Like what, what makes you Ryan LaPonce so confident? 
Um, I would actually attribute to baseball coaches growing up. So I was really fortunate. Um, I was taught at a young age and exposed to learning from failure and taking it as, you know, something as a growth, as opposed to letting it really like bog you down. Um, so I, I remember being, you know, nine, 10 year old strike out a few times. And even as a nine, 10 year old being like, I'm going to get that next hit and having that, that mindset. And that's really a testament to just having good coaching early mm-hmm. on. Um, then just carrying that forward. Um, and not when, when you take failure and you have the mindset that that's a learning experience to grow and get better. Um, then all that fear of and anxiety and not being confident kind of starts to melt away. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's almost like muscle memory. It's a trained behavior. Right. So and I think that's why I didn't have the fear to jump in to the entrepreneurship as well. Right. Because even if I did fail, right. I know I have a good family behind me. I know I have, I'm, I'm confident in my skills. Like there's some kind of path that's going to go there. And if I do fail five, 10 times, Maybe it's going to teach me something that's going to lead to great success. So I need to be able to do that. And I really attribute that to it's just baseball and the coaching that I had early on, just such a blessing. Right. Um, And that's also, you know, for all baseball players, you know, the ones that play long into after high school, those are the, those are the true individuals that really understand how to adapt to failure and grow. Right. Because if you don't, you're not going to get out of high school you could be superior talented too. Right. But attitude is going to take you, I think way further than talent a lot of days. So hundred percent. That is awesome, man. You've, you got my wheels spinning like crazy. Cause I, you know, having those good coaches, I know you're a dad. I, I think one of the best things we can do for our children as fathers, as mothers is instill good habits and good mindset into them young and it's something i'm very purposefully and intentionally working to do with with my daughter how do you with your children you know work to be that be a good coach as a father and and it's still some of those good mindsets that you learned from your coaches back in the day yeah it's really giving them the time of day phil which sounds crazy but being able to have the one-on-one time with the kids and you know my my two older sons are starting to get into sports right so um, I'll take an example. Like my one son, he's a soccer goalie, let a goal in. He was very upset after the game. Right. So that was the moment where I could, you know, sit down with him and show him the things he did right. And then kind of explain, you know, maybe you could have done this differently potentially, but don't let yourself, don't beat yourself up about this. Let's move on and learn from it. And next time we're going to do better. Right. And just for him to be able to hear that from his dad and have that time where he could do the venting. And then I could explain to him, you know, it's a learning experience and you're going to move on. You're going to grow and you love soccer. And this is, you know, this is just the moment in time. Um, I think that's crucial, right? It's just giving your children the opportunity to have time and be able to show them, you know, in this day and age, especially with technology, like we're just shoving devices in our kids' faces constantly. Right. So like to be able to have, FaceTime with your children is so vital to this next generation. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. I've got one of my coaches. He, he's been financially independent since his thirties, you know, so he's, he's got six kids and he's been there for every one of his kids first for like 20 years. Right. He's in his forties now. And, um, he says, you don't, you don't know what quality time is until you have quantity time. 
And so, you know, I think people try to maybe dedicate a few minutes or, you know, Hey, I'll put my phone down and spend 30 minutes over dinner. Not, you know, not looking at my phone, talking to your kid, but kind of what you said, right. Let's, it's like dedicating, you know, hours to your children every day and making sure they're not getting programmed the majority of the time by a device or whoever's behind that device, feeding them information or whoever's at their school feeding them whatever, right? Actually knowing what's going into your kid's head. And, and there's some crazy stuff out there getting communicated to our children these days. So we need, we as parents have a responsibility to be really, really careful and purposeful and intentional with what's going into our kids' eyes and ears these days. Don't you say? Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, man. So uh, I really like that tip, man. Hey, why don't we talk a little bit, Ryan, about Panoptic QS and what y'all are doing over there. Let me give me give me kind of a vision for the company and you know what y'all provide and you know maybe some highlights about what's been going on. Yeah, so from a consulting perspective, what we really started off with was um, stress free deployments. So when you look at software as as a building block for companies, deployments to production are very crucial for software company success. And unfortunately, when you have poor quality, those deployments don't go well um, and they're very stressful. And then obviously their end users and their bottom line gets impacted. So what we do as a consulting firm, we come in, we do an assessment and then we prescribe where changes need to be made. And then obviously we help them, right? So a lot of times it's automation testing that needs to be done a lot earlier in their cycles so that the defects are prevented instead of found in production, right? So um, that that's a big thing that we started from a consulting perspective. And then now we're starting to pivot towards actually building products that automate a lot of those things. So instead of a human having to tell you, it's, it's fully automated where your pitfalls are, and then you can do the remediation steps. So that's where we're really looking towards is getting towards productizing what we do. Um, and then that being, you know, a selling feature with the consulting. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very yep. cool. So y'all, if y'all aren't following Ryan, go check him out. Ryan LaPonce, L-A-P-E-N-S-E-E on social media, panoptic-qs.com. Ryan, we were both kind of early in our entrepreneurship journey. What's the What's been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome in entrepreneurship thus far? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, it's when you shift from, I hate to say this, but shift from being an employee to an entrepreneur, you can't think of it in week to week. You have to, I think of it in like half a year, half a year type segments, because especially with the way the economy went, you know, if you're only thinking of like that weekly paycheck, mm-hmm. you're going to find. So as, as an entrepreneur, you have to think more of like, I'm thinking daily how to build the business, but macroly, you know, I'm thinking of, I'm going to look at the business every six months and see kind of where we're at. Cause if you do that every single day, you're going to lose your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an employee, it's different, right? Cause you have these tasks and your head's down every day and you got to get your tasks done. But you know, and that goes to the, the idea and mindset and thinking and give myself an hour to think each day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's a total different shift. Right. And I think that's, what's helped me is, you know, thinking of it in like six month chunks and, if I think of it in a six month chunk, okay, now go back. And now how do we get to that? Um, as opposed to every single day, like, Oh boy, like I have to make five sales today or this company is going to 
or like you know you you just couldn't function as a human being right right, right, right. that was yeah, something I'm sure it sounds like you've gone through some of the typical discouragement of you know hey this isn't growing as fast as i thought it would and what well, you know all these doubts and fears start to try to creep in your mind it's like okay push those out focus yep. on focus on the day to day focus on the plan and you know, being an employee, you learn really good things. There's, you know, there's a lot of good companies out there that have been around a long time and do a lot of things right. As frustrated as employees can get with all the things that companies do poorly, many companies that are successful, especially ones that have been around a while, clearly do a lot of things well, or they wouldn't be in business so long. So yep. you know, you you look at them and you look at okay, what are their executives looking at? Well, they're looking at quarterly reports. They're looking at kind of those longer term visions they're looking at you know five and ten and 20 and 30 and 50 year outlooks right like they're they're playing a long game and uh you know it doesn't mean the short game doesn't matter but i think that perspective is really good on just you know the day-to-day is important but stick to your plan reassess every quarter reassess every year right and just because a year goes by and you're not where you expected to be doesn't mean quit it just means Okay, adjust, figure out what I need to change. Maybe you know, maybe you don't need to change. Maybe you just need to double down on what you're already doing. Or or, you know, there's a, a thousand different things that could be reasons why it's not moving the way uh you might want it to. So I think that's really good advice, Ryan. Really, really good advice. So, you know, as we're changing in the geopolitical environment. You know, world's a little wild right now. We could go down all sorts of rabbit holes. You know, I'm a tinfoil hat guy, so I got, I got, we we go into all sorts of stuff. What What are your thoughts? You're a software guy. What's What's the scoop on AI? Chat GPT. What What do you know about that? And uh, how's that going to affect business and all things moving forward? Yeah, I think it's um, we're kind of at a pivotal point right now um, where AI AI crept up pretty fast. Um, it's still not quite where people think it is. It's not as scary, I would say, but it, it's impressive for the last few months of what's what's come of it. Um, they've really figured out how to take very, very, very large data sets um, and have good analysis and reinforcement on the models to produce better outcomes, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like anything, you know, if you think about the auto industry, you know, we're Detroit, Detroit guys, you know, and when you know, the robot started to hit the assembly line, right? That, you know, where, what's going to happen to my job, right? It's always, there's pivotal moments in industry where you just have to shift, right? It's like, okay, well, it might, you know, take away some jobs, but it might also open up some other opportunities and you kind of shift and, and jobs change around and that sort of thing. So I, I see it being that way. I'm not so gloom and doom about it yet. <laughs> Um, like, like they're just going to take over the world and we're not going to have anything to do anymore. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a game changer for some industries, especially mine. Um, right. we're, le- we're leveraging AI pretty heavily with automation testing. Um, there's certain things that we do that I hate to say it, they're mundane. Um, and I don't want my really smart engineers doing mundane things. So that's when AI can come in and kind of alleviate some of those mundane tasks um, and then they can focus on, you know, more impactful automation testing where we get the more ROI to our clients when mm-hmm. we're doing those things where they wouldn't have had that time. So that's cool when you can leverage AI to really get rid of that and have the human intellect really come in and shine. 
Um, mm-hmm. that, that's where I hope it goes. So, yeah, I like that perspective. I think, I think you're right on. And I think, um, one, one of the areas I've struggled, cause I, you know, I'm one of those, as you start being an entrepreneur, you're, you're not wanting to be reactive. You're wanting to be proactive of like, okay, where are things going? How do I get ahead? And, you know, lots of people are leveraging AI for like content creation. Right. And I, you know, from like a personal integrity perspective, it's like, well, if I got this machine producing my content for me and like, I start getting a bunch of likes and follows, is it really me even getting them? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Is that, is that really what we want to do? We're just going to let like some machine, like write our blog post for us. I mean, they can now, like I've heard, uh, you follow Jordan Peterson, you know, a Canadian. Yep. So, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson talked about how he typed into chat GPT, like, Hey, write a four page essay in the style of 12 rules for life mixed with the King James version of the Bible mixed with some Russian, whatever, something literary style. And in like three seconds, it plopped it out. And he said he wouldn't have been able to tell that he didn't write it. Right. It's just crazy. And, uh, so definitely some, some awesome tools and, and ways to take, you know, I'm all about taking mundane tasks and getting them, getting them out of our, uh, you, you know, wasting time for our smart people in our organization. So I think that's a really good application for some of those tools for sure. Um, Ryan, one of the reasons I started GLE, by the way, it's been great catching up with you. Likewise. I haven't talked to you in forever, man. Oh. What's, uh, what's, what's going on in the family, man? How y'all doing? Doing good? Busy as always. Yeah, we got four under seven. Um, they're starting to get into the sports, which is really cool. And then my daughter's doing dance and gymnastics. And so oh, awesome, man. You cannot do no wrong. So that's the hard part, you know, right? So it's just a different dynamic having a daughter, but it's it's been so yeah. Um, yeah, it's just there's a purpose, you know, when you have children and we're blessed and fortunate to have children. Uh, it's, it's just different, you know, cause everything I'm doing is for them, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully securing their future and those sorts of things. So it, it really is one of the driving forces for me to constantly be on the, on the game and, and improving myself every day. So, yeah, hundred percent, man. And we, we were kind of talking about being busy at the beginning of the show. I, I really think, cause I experienced this, right. I used to be kind of harsh with people and, and like, think I, was one way back in the day as a young whippersnapper. And once you had, once you get married and have kids, like, I don't think you can fully grow up until you're married and have kids. Like maybe there's a, a circumstance where you have some responsibilities that are unique, taking care of other people or something like that, which might teach you some of those things. But until you have other people like fully dependent on you, like, I don't, I don't believe you can learn the true selflessness that I believe is growing up. What do you think about that? No, I agree. Yeah. It's uh, I remember, you know, Jed, our oldest bringing him home and like, you're responsible for this human being. And that's like a big deal, right? Like the, the whole trajectory of this childhood is really dependent on me and my wife. Um, and it's just, and the pride and seeing the first, you know, t- he takes his first steps and does this, and, like these moments that just get ingrained in your soul, you know, right. and you just, it's so, I mean, my, my youngest son took his first like five, six steps today. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, yeah. man. Thanks. That's awesome. Yes. How um, old? Uh, he just turned, so he turned one on February 3rd. Oh, okay. That's pretty early. Little, yep. 
And uh, over one, that's good. Yeah, but he's been the last like couple weeks. You know, he'll stand on his own. He shakes. He looks at you, and then he sits down. Because he just and then to see that today, you know, I think he wanted to get his sister's juice box, so he was determined. <laughs> and uh, but it's those milestones, you know, and and putting in the time with the family. It's just it's irreplaceable. It doesn't matter how much money and things that you do. Um, that that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's awesome, man. So one of the reasons I started GLE was I, I got this perspective, I think from Gary V and, and it kind of like stuck with me, like who knows who's going to see this content in the future? Like you might have one picture of your great grandpa or something like that. And like our future generations aren't only going to have thousands, and thousands of photos, but they'll have video content, you know, hundreds of episodes of GLE, thousands of blog posts, you know, video posts, whatever reels, Right. Like who knows who could be impacted by some of this content in future generations. So, you know, with that perspective in mind that, you know, your great, 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 great LaPonce grandchildren might be seeing some of these posts. Right. What is something that you would want to leave them with today, Ryan? Um, I think if you find something you're passionate about, just go after it wholeheartedly take the fear out of the equation. Just, just get it. Try your best. You might not get there, but know that you gave all your effort. I think that's, that's really what I would tell them. Um, you don't let the fear of striking out, go back to baseball, prevent you from getting in the box, right? Mm -hmm. Get up there and you take your swings and you know, it might just work out. So. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that, Ryan. You've got my wheel spinning now, man, because like I hear that advice and after doing it myself and going through some of those early pains that hits home so hard. It's like, yes, just go for it. Like you'll be all right. But what, what, what makes it so hard for people to take that jump? Do you think there's, I think there's a lot of negativity out there too, unfortunately. Right. So they might not have the most positive you know, influences and things that are going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can cloud your judgment. I mean, you know, everyone's circumstance is different, mm-hmm. um, but being able to kind of listen to your inner talk, that's, that's where the power is at, right? Being able to cancel noise out. I go back to social media. I talk about this with my wife and my kids all the time, right? It's, there's so much noise today. Um, and sometimes you really just need to listen inside and trust your gut. You know what I mean? Um, and, and cancel the noise out and go, okay, yeah, no, I think this is the right thing to do. This is what I want to, to approach and attack. Let's go mm-hmm. get it. Get after it. I don't care what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've been through it too, Phil, we've all been through it, right? There's, yeah. there's always naysayers and the doubters in the world. Um, and they have whatever, you know, maybe they weren't successful in something, so they don't think you're going to be, so mm-hmm. they're going to hold. Um, but you can't let them dictate what your next steps are going to be. So I love it. That's great advice, Ryan. Great catching up with you. Thanks for coming on GLE today, my friend. I loved it. I appreciate it, Phil. Hey, everybody out there in the GLE nation. If you're not following following and subscribed already, follow, subscribe, share the show. We only, we only grow by word of mouth. So as you go, share the show and go lead everything. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more. 
It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time and go 